Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On today's podcast, my guest is comedian and good pal, Mickey D. My name is Justin Hamilton, and we have some war stories coming up on Big Squid. joining me today as we welcome Mickey D back to the podcast. We actually recorded this a while back, but with scheduling and dates needing to be hit, you know, uh, stuff like the Nick Stoller podcast, his movie was coming out, so, you know, you try and line it up. Anyway, this one just kept getting moved uh, further and further back, but we're finally getting to it today, and anyone who saw Mickey in Adelaide at the live Big Squid show knows he's in fine form, so you're in for a treat today. A big thank you to everyone who came to my live show, Little Victories, on Friday night here in Sydney. I had a great time, and look... Anyone who's been following me for a while will know that this is not an irregular occurrence, but I had to ditch probably about 20 or 30 minutes of material because I just had overprepared. I had so much stuff that I was going to talk about and just just never got there. Never got there, had to ditch some of it, so, you know... <laughs> probably a good thing. If there had been no other shows on after me, you may have been stuck with me for a little bit longer. But it all worked out. And uh, anyone who used to go to the shelf will know that I like to over-prepare. Anyway, I'm looking forward to getting down to Melbourne this month on the 26th of November. So don't forget to use your Big Squid discount, which is podcast. Use that at Comedy Republic. I'll be back at the end to talk about what's happening for the rest of this week. But let's bring in my pal, Mickey D, right now. Like all good comedians, we sat down to do uh, to record this podcast and then 
we started talking and then at some point I was like, maybe I should turn on the mics. And even though this wasn't what I was going to talk to you about, <laughs> yeah. I think this is a really funny thing because we have been pals for a fucking long time now, mm-hmm. since the last century. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> think yeah, of it that the way. the other one. Oh, yeah, we're in and we're a good chunk into the new one. <laughs> right. Nearly quarter. Yeah. So wow. it's it's been a long time we've been friends and we were just discussing <laughs> that over the course of decades, over the course of you know, so many festivals together mm-hmm. all over the world. We yeah. have performed all over the world together at different festivals and we were just discussing how <laughs> it's fascinating how there is always archetypes yes. of people who turn up at the festival where there's it's like the bright, hot, new, young thing yep. who's a bit out of control or it's the person who's a genuine genius that you look at and everyone bows down towards. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's the, the, the front off, uh, ticket person yes. who is the coolest person in the world. And there's the front ticket person who is fucking hard work and at times you're thinking, hang on a sec, isn't it my show? Why are you getting angry with me? Yeah. And uh, you you were just about to discuss there's at, at a festival – there's that person who takes on the role of being fucking out of control. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, and, and it could be it could be an artist, it could be an accomplice of an artist. Right. Um, and I heard the best description ever. <laughs> an accomplice of an artist you know is I mean? so it's, true. Yeah, it's yeah. like because uh, they're trying to separate. Well, yeah. uh, come in with me, but I'm not responsible for their actions. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, please, don't paint me with the same brush. So... Steve Wrigley, he's an um, amazing man, wonderful comedian oh, from... I love Steve. How Good's Wriggles? From New Zealand. That's right. Yeah. Wellington, now based in New England in, yeah. in the States. Yeah. And he said something once of a person who was just on one. And right. they were being a nuisance, but it kept... It was persisting and it was going, it was going too far. Sorry, when you say on one, do you mean they... Just couldn't stop joking. Yeah, were they? There was that. It was like, okay, I need to keep commanding attention. Yeah, it's like when a heckler goes too far. I think they've won the room, but no. Yes. And Riggles summed it up beautifully. <laughs> he said, "She has stopped being a person and has become an experience." Wow. And I was like, wow, that's framed it perfectly. So then we could now put that filter on and yep. just t- let it slide off us a yeah. little bit more. It gave us permission to go, all right, that can exist. Yeah. We don't have to subscribe fully. It's just an experience. Yeah. That oh. is – that's actually a really positive way of looking at He's those so lovely. Uh, yeah. types of situations, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's also – you know, you've done touring before mm. and aren't you relieved when you realise that there's – someone in the tour, like there might be seven of you, you yes. know, between techie, you know, the the tour manager, maybe five comedians, and you realise that someone's being really annoying and everyone's thinking they're being really annoying and what's great about that is therefore it's not you. Totally. <laughs> Took me years to experience that though because I was the one. <laughs> I've, I've been that one regularly. Uh, but, yeah, but at the same time is that like, oh, good. <laughs> in, your, in your lost years when oh, you were – mate. You were the experience. It was so much fun. Yeah, I, uh, but exactly, there's room. There's room for one, but you still have to be able to read that room. Yeah, uh, I, um, yeah, there was there was times where you'd go, oh, here they come, they're on the bus, and you know it's that doubling down because it might be the shame from the night before. Yeah, or, or you know you you're the last one out the hotel room back on the tour bus, and people yep. are going to rip into you. Um, 
and you, you pile into the tour bus late, and it's or you, you miss your flight. You, you know, you get in trouble from the uh, the airline hosties, and you get ripped by the tour manager afterwards. It's uh, you yeah, know. just random <laughs> things that you've thought of. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just experiences. A, no, just, just a, random things a that you just made up. That could happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Oh man, it is so funny. One of the uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival road shows I did many years ago. <laughs> uh, the the lineup was Josh Earl, Hannah Gadsby, Asher Trelevin, me. I'm gonna say. Maybe it was Smart Casual. Do you remember Smart Casual? Or yeah. Maybe it was, or maybe it's Michael Williams. You know how you mix and match. Yes. Anyway, and I'd just come off a road show or a leg of road show where it had been pretty antagonistic between a couple of people. Not me, but it was just mm-hmm. a bit of back and forth. Yeah, Some people right. freaking out. This person's going too long, and I'm on later. You know all that kind of shit. Yeah. And uh, you know you, you you're getting together, and it's the first moment that we're all hanging out and uh, the, the text getting the car ready etc blah 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 and I just decided to cut it off at the mm. at the corner <laughs> and I turned around and I said well isn't it great to be right at the start of a little tour and already know who the alpha male is right Hannah and Hannah looked at me and adjusted oh, her glasses and said oh I've never been an alpha male before and then she just <laughs> leaned into it and was ripping into everyone and Brilliant. it was Hilarious. She's so great to tour with. Great. Yeah. And, and it was perfect because it just stopped <laughs> anything else from going on. You know, by the way, I'm on tour with nice guys anyway, but it just, you know, we've sorted it out. We've set up our roles. Yeah. It's and, great. And usually um, you, you in a good tour bus, that's established before you get out of the greater city. Yeah. The greater city limits. Yeah. You know, you go, oh, this is good. Even halfway to Geelong, for example, you're going this. I remember... Even before we got off the ring road, Tom Gleeson just being on fire and I'm like, good. Yeah. I can sit and I can listen. Yeah. Uh, and there was no, you know, there was no competitive nature. But then there's been other times in the tour bus um, and I was the young buck early on and I, you know, got uh, pulled into line by people trying to be the alpha. And it's like, well, come on. Right. We're, we're all part of the same team. What do you mean pulled into line? Like telling you to... People are going, oh, no, that's someone else's joke. I'm like, well, no, I'm not ripping their gear. I'm retelling a story. Right. Know? And it's like, come oh, on, yeah, we're that all... that kind of yeah, someone, fucking bullshit. You know, that, that ownership stuff. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah. we're all part of the same team. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's other times, like, I was the pup. Uh, uh, the first ever road show, I was 19. Yeah. And we're down there. Crazy. But the, the bottom of West Australia, in Albany or Albany. And this is back in the day when uh, I don't know what Roadshow is like now. I haven't done it for a while. But there was a period where Roadshow was, you're on the road for six weeks. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. And I left uni for this contract. Yes, right. And was this one of those tours? Yeah. Were- I, 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 all of a sudden I'm doing 12 weeks with, with Fleety and Husey. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. um, Jody J. Hill, Lewis Schaefer. Oh, my God. Listeners, get on, get on to Facebook. Just follow Lewis Schaefer. The guy, he's the comedian's comedian. But yeah. to see this guy, New York, Jewish comic, yeah. who's famous for pulling people off the street, just... Just think of like a, a street salesman, but yeah. getting them into the Boston Comedy Club and pulling people off the street is known as a barker. So you yeah. bark on the street, pull them in, and he could tune anyone, any yeah. ethnicity, any age. The guy was phenomenal, but yeah. he was dying in his hole 
in these regional areas. And, and why do you think it week? was? It was just because back then, this is what year? This is 99? Well, yeah, 99. But to so, his credit, it was the fact that like, he didn't balk. He's going to yeah. do Lewis Schaefer. He's going to yeah. do his New York act in Caratha. Yeah. And, and it was and it's phenomenal. It's pre-internet as well. Totally. Where it's like That would probably fly better now because people, mm. you can just type stand up into YouTube and have all these options and see the different so many yeah. different you know variances so um I would just shadow him because it was for I'm 19 watching this guy from New York City who would just bomb and he wouldn't mind me saying this he'd be laughing listening to this he'd bomb in front of 800 people then he'd walk to the front area of the what would you call it, the performing arts center yeah find the bottleneck yeah. and stand there and vicar shake everyone's hand, look them in the eye, yeah. and he was still on. Thank you very much. Louis Schaefer loves you. Thank you. And uh, grabbing these big steel workers' hands yeah. and like, whoa, look at these big hands, and still tuning the audience. I'm like, that fearlessness yeah. uh, it was just such an eye-opener there because, you know, it, uh, he was still performing. Yeah. Yeah. But at and the same he time, he wasn't on. You know what I mean? Yes. He was, he was true to himself. Yeah. Like an ongoing art installation. It's not often that someone has a bad gig and then goes out to greet the audience. Oh, totally. He was, like he was looking for it because yeah. that was, yeah. And I, I'd, I'd stand back and just watch people come four or five back in the line going, oh, I'm going to have to talk to this bastard. Yeah. And he would charm them. I, yeah. I went shopping with him in, in Melbourne. I went to country towns where he baffled people. Yeah. Uh, the same kind of country store that wouldn't honour a Mars uh, a Mars promotion. You know when yep. you get a Mars bar and it says a free Mars bar? Yeah. You show it to the guy behind the milk bar <laughs> yep. and he gives you a free Mars bar? Not in this town. He goes, we don't do that here, mate. <laughs> and I'm like, I like it. I thought I was charming, but it says, that, no, we don't do that here. And Lewis Schaefer's like, come on, you give the guy his Mars bar, whatever you call it here. And it was, he'd so managed funny. to charm... Anyone. You know, I have i don't know where it is, but I've still got uh, a little card with two 20-cent pieces <laughs> taped to it and his name on it, and in the middle of the card it says, Call, call me. me. Call me. Call me. Never not funny. Oh, and he the other thing he did, he'd, there was an 8 by 10 of him holding an 8 by 10 of him, uh, and he'd send that to everyone. Right. That was his calling card. Right. And he sent it to everyone in the Melbourne Comedy Festival office back in 99, and years later, when he's in London, he did a, a show. You've got to check out Lewis Schaefer. The guy's hilarious. Uh, he did a show, Lewis Schaefer, Free Until Famous. And he was on in Covent Garden. So technically, he's he's in the West End of London. He's got right. a residency. Right. Because every Tuesday, Lewis Schaefer, or it might have, he had a residency and it was Free Until Famous. Yeah. And people would come. Yeah. And so I caught up with him in, in London <laughs> 20 years later after being on tour. Yeah. And come on his podcast, and I said, I'm only doing your podcast if I get one of those signed 8x10s, and it's now in my living room. Yep, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good payment. Oh, mate, totally. Oh, so he, we were on tour. Um, he's come over. So um, Dave Hughes and um, Fleety, Jody, Lewis all came to my family house for a barbecue. Hilarious. Uh, as we were blowing through Adelaide, and... Lewis Schaefer's working my dad. He says, my sister was 14 at the time. He goes, Kathy, how old are you? She goes, 14? He goes, Kathy, what kind of panties are you wearing? And we're like, and and my dad goes, Lewis, Lewis, what are you? And he goes, sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. D. Mr. D, 
what kind of panties are you wearing? <laughs> and like, and then Dave Hughes falls off his chair, and we're just losing it. The guy just he just doubled down. Yeah, and it's that whole thing. Clearly, he's he's joking. He's yeah, yeah, and he's a he's a clown. Yeah, and he, you know, probably just gets a kick out of entertaining, oh, right? Like so that's good. like I'm guessing that's his motivation. He just likes. Oh, making yes. people laugh. He his, likes being in a moment. His favourite uh, comic is David Tell, so he's, right. he has a love for the dark arts there yep. and, you know, crisp one-liners. He, he loves comedy, but I thought you did right. He loves kind of making people go, eh. Um, yeah, I love the fact. And uh, so he's been an inspiration and it's kind of made me think, um, okay, we can take people down that path. Like I, I love Tony Clifton. Right, yeah. That that whole um, that whole vehicle, yeah, to 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 do whatever, yeah. And it doesn't have to stop when the gig stops. Right, yeah. Keep going. Mm. Uh, is there much of that happening anymore? Or, and is that uh, where you get the uh, the love for being a Scottish man? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think so. I think I've kind of got the shits recently um, because a lot. A lot of people go home. Right. You know? Yes. Hang around. Let's yeah. have a green room again. It's a, let's it's get off our phones. Yeah. Let's have a talk. Let's have different views and yeah. laugh about it. Yeah. Because we've got one thing in common and that's sometimes we come against a group of people. We have to get in the room with different audiences every week or yeah. every gig. It's a new gig every time. But yeah, yeah there's, um, there's less fun things happening in the green room these days, you know? You know, it's very much the old person's refrain in the comedy scene. Like Aldo Benet and mm-hmm. I were performing together, uh, you know, uh, wow. two weeks ago. And I love Al. Good it, fun. Yeah, I've, I've got to get him on the podcast because he's one of those guys where, uh, because I don't see him that often, I don't, I, I, it's not that I forget that he's uh, a great raconteur, but I just don't see him that often. Mm-hmm. He, he, we've always been slightly out of rhythm. You know, it's often... He's on the week before or the week after me, you know, that yeah, kind right. of thing. He's a good – I love being on the ship with Al Debeni. He's – yeah, being stuck with him on a cruise ship is phenomenal. Oh, that's – like, that sounds good. Yeah. Like, I've got to – anyway, hang on. <laughs> I'm going to go off on a tangent. Yeah, the cruise ships, are you going to go back to them? Tricky. I will take a, a cruise to nowhere with a gang of great comics. I look forward to doing that style. But as far as a door-to-door contract longer than 10 days doesn't sit with what I'm Hang on, what's doing? the difference? I haven't done the cruises before, well, so what's the difference some, between some, them? One contract, there's certain mobs you can go out with and um, I like working with sit-down and yep. Kelly Jamola picks a really great team. And you're always out with good people and good, um, good backer house. Yep. You know, good production, and a great cast. And you're away for three days. You get paid on the Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and you don't, other than the fancy meal you go out for on a Sunday night or together, you don't, you don't have to put your hand in your pocket. Yeah, right. So it's a you know, it ticks all the boxes. Yep. And you, 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 that's where I love it because you're on a ship. You are going to sit around and watch the other comics, and right. because they handpick, you know, um, people that are going to get along together. I remember the first cruise ship I ever did. It's when uh, Boo was pregnant with Grace; she'd just turned thirty. Yep. And we we're on a P and O cruise, and I was just stoked, and I gave it a hundred and ten percent because Tom Gleason was watching. 
Right. And Tom loves comedy and yeah. he loves silly stuff. And I thought, yeah. well, I'm going to really turn it up tonight because yeah. I want to make my friends laugh. Yeah. Yeah. You, Gleason you know. does love uh, does love stand up and he <laughs> yeah. and he loves laughing as well, yeah. which is sounds like a dumb thing to say, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's uh, he's one of the people that when you're hanging out with him, oh. you want to entertain him. Oh yeah, because you get and, him going, and uh, he'll yeah. entertain you in return. It was always the secret source of Greg Fleet, right? Like Fleet, he's a good hang. Yeah, you know, regardless of sometimes of his, you know, behaviour, <laughs> he oh. he was especially when you're a young comic, mate. And uh, you I was know, rode with him for sixteen. It felt like sixteen weeks. I learned a lot. You learned a lot, <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of things. I watched Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with Fleety. Oh, uh, perfect. So, yeah, yeah, it was like, here, he, he showed me a doorway. Yeah. and But, you know, as a young comic, he he would listen to what you said and he'd laugh. And he'd, oh, completely. And he'd bounce off it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's intoxicating, especially when you're – well, it's still intoxicating, but especially when you get back into oh, mate. getting into stand-up. But, um, but anyway, so Al and I were talking about how uh, – you know, it's it's amazing. Uh, look, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it. It's just different. But people finish their gig in the first half and they go. Yeah. And they leave. Because they can go home and watch a special, or like you are saying before, yeah. or, or, or Google. Yeah. They can still go home and love comedy. Yeah. But not – I think – Live is king. You got to you got to feel that energy shift between the artist and the room, yes. and, and not only the artist in the room, but the artist and the the audience. Yes, the room's one energy, and those in it are another. There's some some ways to to go about it, and I I love I love that game of it all. You know, well, I, and I think you know, I think we we mistake uh, what we like for what is good. Mm-hmm. And what is what we don't like for what's not good, and that's that's an incorrect way of looking at uh, all manner of entertainment. There are movies that are technically good, yeah, that weren't for me. Mm-hmm. And there's there's albums I've listened to that are genuinely brilliant albums that don't connect to me. Yeah, and there's comedians that I watch, and their senses of humour are not for me, but they're very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Case in point, the best. Probably one of the top three stand-up shows I've ever seen is Seinfeld. And his his style of stand-up, his humour, is not necessarily my favourite. Yeah, yeah. But his stand-up show was a fucking masterclass in how to do a show. Yeah. It's yeah, crisp. There's no, yeah. there's no fat. It's yeah. complete. Uh, yeah, it's pure economy. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, um, I think there's just this sense of, oh, well, I'm going to get going now. And it's like, oh, but don't you want to see... How this you should person, have done it? <laughs> yeah, or, or or at least could have. Yeah. You know? Or I've died, I'm going home, lick my wounds. Stay around. You know, I know you know, yeah. you know, sometimes you don't want to be around anyone when you've had a shocker. Yeah. But and and it never stops. I had a stinker the other night and I'm walking back from the gig uh, and I've gone you had a stinker. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't bad. know what you're talking about. I've never had a bad oh, gig in my life. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, by the way, that has been an ongoing joke since uh Doing Will's podcast on Tofop, <laughs> and it always makes me cringe a little bit yes, because it, people it will bring like? it up. They'll go, oh, "I never had a bad gig." And you always go, "Fuck! I hope you're not at one of them." <laughs> yes, you're, you're due. You're, yeah, you can only you can it's only wander around years, the corner. Twenty-eight years. Oh, mate, it's going to be a fucking stinker when it comes around. Here's your invoice, sir. Ooh, and yeah, I'm going to so be. I'm, someone's going to have to throw a blanket over me. I'm going to be in shock. He's banned from the club. Yeah. yeah. God. Sorry, what was um, what happened with you? So it was a, it was weird. It was a gig. It was an event for event organizers. Yeah. 
right? And I do went out there. I didn't get in the room. It was there. I know what I need to do to connect with every every new gig's a, a different opportunity. Yeah. But I just went out there and rolled out my words. Right. You weren't present. present. Is that what you I mean? Didn't, yeah. yeah. I didn't connect. I've gone, okay, this, this is why I hate starting with an opening gag or a gambit. I like to go and make something happen or or run with something, yep. that, you know, to get going. Yep. Otherwise, this will happen. You run out something, that, you know, you, you send out your opening batsman and they'll schnick one through slips. Yep. It's like, sure, it's three runs, but you wanted to hit that true to get off the mark. Yep. You know, cricket fans, everyone else baffled. But <laughs> what, I, what I did was just I put out my opening gag and it got titters. I'm like, oh, I was open for seven and a half there, got right. a four. Right. So a four out of ten, I'm like, uh, not that I even grade my stuff like that, but I'm like, I don't have a rhythm yet. Yeah. So it took me a while to get going. And as I'm walking back from the gig, I've gone, why didn't you just, there's no rules. Yeah. You could have just come out and made a, a stupid infomercial for yourself because you're a product at an event for event organisers. Yeah. Just keep saying the word event until something happens. Yeah. It's better than your opening joke that's worked everywhere else, dying in its hole. You know? So why do you think that happened? Because it's it's interesting uh, because mm. there were – the reason I ask this is, you know, I just did a run of gigs recently and especially with emceeing, yep. you know, like I like to keep my hand in with emceeing. And it's funny, the, the night that was probably the toughest – and, and and I'm I'm wondering if this is what happened to you during the day. Mm-hmm. The night that was the toughest was I got on a real roll with the work I was doing at home. Yeah, and uh, it was different type of writing. It was a short story. Yeah, and I kind of had cracked a bit of the code of this new story, and I and I worked on it for too long, and I didn't give myself enough time to. Okay, now I've got to have a shower. I've got to shake off that type mm. of writing. Uh, I should. You know, when you've been working on something else, I think you need to take the time to re-establish the next art form that you're going into. Fair, yeah. And I, I didn't do any of that. You know, I just finished too late, had a shower, got changed, had a random call walking into the store and then... Yeah. It, and I knew I, knew I wasn't prepared <laughs> mm. on the funniest of things, <sighs> doing the intro for myself at the comedy store, yeah. which I have done... So many times in my life over the course of nearly three decades. It's the same kind of uh, lead-in, right? Same. Dun, 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 dun. It's the same music. Dun, dun, it's the dun, same lead-in. And it's, you know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Comedy Store on this fine Thursday night. Can you please welcome to the stage your host and MC, Justin Hamilton. See, I can do it just like that, yeah. right? Just, And I was like... Word salad? Oh, it was just like right from the start. <laughs> you know, it was like... Welcome to coming to the uh, comedy store. Get out, uh, can you uh, please, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, no. it was all like that. And, and I just immediately just knew that I was not quite present and I was mm. just a little bit off and the night was fine. Like it's one of those things where nobody would have really noticed. Yeah. But I just knew that for the whole gig, I was always half a step where I wanted behind step, where I wanted to be. Yeah, you want to be yeah. up on you want to be up on that wave with yeah. options, not yeah. going okay. I need to grit out yeah. this to get to the next bit that leads in there. Yeah, you never you never weren't as free as you want. And I I think yeah that day leading up, uh yeah, but it's weird. You come in and you sit at the table. You have to do the pleasantries, mm. you know, um, and then 
you know, you get introduced by someone who's been handed a bit of your biog. Oh, and no. It's, <laughs> you know, it, it's too much. And it was like, yeah. And oh, mate, I did. Someone, someone read my, uh, someone read it nearly word for word once. And yeah, oh, I had to throw them under the oh, bus. Oh, my Lord. And it's it, was the at worst. A, it was in front of. Uh, 300 soldiers, open air, in the desert with two howitzers behind me. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about my biog. Yeah, they don't you care know? about so what you did. Yeah, in, and they don't care about you getting the, the what is it, the Fresh Fringe uh, Award yeah, in uh, 1998 exactly. or whatever it was. What, you know, if they say, oh, this, he's, this guy's a veteran of 12, Edinburgh Comedy Festival, like, fucking mate, I'm a veteran. I'm back yeah. from Afghan, mate. Don't you know, it's don't, like, use, don't use that veteran. V word in front of me. Yeah. So I, this guy's <laughs> this guy's introing me. This guy's gone, killed. It's like oh, I fucking oh, killed, mate. God, don't oh, say that. Killed. No, no. And the wind's <laughs> howling across, and this guy, <laughs> the mic's going, and I'm like, oh, what? Do I, I have to move around here. Uh, and, and it was one of those ones where. The, God, I know he's not even halfway through the spiel here, and I can feel him. I can feel him drifting off. And it's weird because I want to touch on tall poppy syndrome in a sec because there's a, hearing these accolades that I've earned, yeah, you know, and then I've painfully, uh, you know, uh, with fought against my better will to write it all down because it sounds wanky, but it's stuff that I've achieved. Yeah, but we want to play it down. Hearing it read out to people, I'm going, ah, oh, just get me on. Oh, it sounds wanky. Whereas. In a you know a less judgmental kind of environment, they'll be like, "Oh, good on this guy. Well, he's travelled, he's done this." Oh, mate. No, so I, I had know. to get on and throw the poor um, before the, the captain yep. who I'd been arranging the gig with and all the logistics. I had to throw him under the bus. Yeah, I've gone fucking hell. And that was the first time you'd been shot, right? Yeah, <laughs> bang! Oh, thankfully, just a flesh wound. <laughs> I think it was a warning shot. Yeah, that's why he's a captain. Uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, it's. It's it's mortifying, isn't it, mm. to have these things read out in in full? Like I, I had a. This is a long time ago. It was the real estate awards, yeah. and you know, and the the guy <laughs> was not only reading out my full bio, uh, but also having a crack at things. Like so, he's like, um, <laughs> uh, says here he's been uh, nominated for the Barry. Well, what's that? <laughs> Hey. And then two things came, you know, he kept reading out all these, oh, it says here he's won the Piece of Wood Award. That sounds like a thrilling award, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And two things came of it. Yeah. Where one was I had to go on stage and say, well, you know, I've been heckled a lot in my career, but not normally by the MC while he's introducing me, which luckily turned everything around. Yeah. But also the, the, the good thing that came out of it <laughs> was it uh, was the real moment that I was like, wow, awards mean nothing. Like if yeah. if you're not in the industry, who gives a shit? Yeah. So let's take all of that shit out of the bio and or out of the intros, and let's just put in something that is short, sharp, and shiny that lets everyone know that you know what you're doing, and here here they are. Yeah, and and have it have it happen in a crisp fashion. Yes, because you went, huh? I. Because there, you know, everyone's mingling. Yeah, the, there's cluttering from the the entrees being moved away. <laughs> yeah. you know, someone's yeah. leaning in again for the first time, going, "Do you want more red wine?" I'm a recovering alcoholic, <laughs> and I'm on next. I'm already. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm sorry to offend you, but you know, it's 
it's all all these things and then you go oh fuck am i on and yeah. then i'm always looking at my smart watch to see if my heart rate's uh you know raging or not because i feel like it's in my throat because i'm yeah. about to go on yeah and then you go okay you need to get something need to get that first ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This one yeah. away and just to show them. And then... As soon as you start, like you were saying before, playing catch up or you're on the back foot, people were like, ah, they can they can smell blood yeah. in the water. And then yeah. that's the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You know, yeah. A, and what were you going to say about tall poppy syndrome? Uh, it's that, that whole thing. It's like you pull your punches writing your own biog. Right. And it's, it's, a, it's a thankless task because you yeah. sit there going, oh, get your hand off it. But something you've genuinely earned, you've. You, you know, you're a 30-year veteran. Yeah. Uh, don't use the V word. But no, the, you've been in the game that long. Yeah. You've travelled, you've toured, you've done X, Y, Z, all the festivals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's funny. You go to write that every time you go to do your 50-word copy for the Fringe, you go, well, do I describe the show and give away the arc or do I talk, do I just use quotes? Do I just, some comics just write nonsense, which is funny. Yeah, but it's that whole thing, um, and even what I've noticed recently, mucking around as um, an international comedian uh, on stage, I whilst pretending to be from another nationality, yeah, I can do my travel stories because right. people are like, "Wow, this guy's travelled. He's a raconteur. He's telling us from the time he was in." Africa or the time he was, you know, the time he was in the Falklands and, you know, he's a vagabond. I come on, I've found, I've genuinely found this as myself, come on, I've gone, okay, so when I was in these places, you feel the audience go, shut up, mate. Yeah. We've travelled. Yeah. You're trying to, I'm like, no, I'm not here to brag. I've got a story that sits in here, whereas you can just lean into it as a... You know, as a false foreigner. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. And then that, and then that's acceptable. Yeah. Well, you must have travelled to come here. So then you've travelled, so that's all right. Yep. You know that – so I don't know if I told you this. This is, I, I've got to just do this preamble because mm. it gets back to something uh, – a story that you know about Limo. Yeah. But um, I had something said to me that was said to Limo. But Limo had it said to him like – 20 odd years ago Mildura Mildura You know what I'm talking about <laughs> He he had it said nastily And I had exactly the same words Two decades later Said nicely When I was going to Encounter Bay To see Auntie Heather And Uncle Graham oh. And So you, so I caught the train to Is it uh, Seaton And then you catch a bus Yep And then when I was getting on the bus I went to use my Adelaide travel card And he said Sorry mate We don't take that and I went oh okay So I got out my credit card He said Sorry mate We don't take that I said, oh, sorry, what? How? 
how do we pay? And he said, with money. And in my head, I'm like, what's money? Yeah. I haven't seen money in <laughs> like years. So I said, I don't have money with me. Is there an ATM or something? And he said, nah, look, here's a number. Call Deirdre. You'll speak to Deirdre. You can give your credit card details. Wow. So I'm calling Deirdre. And I call and Deirdre answers. And there's old people on the bus looking at me as if to say, can you get a move on? We're about to die. And I'm like, no, I get it. But I did not know this. Anyway, so I called Deirdre and she's a delight. And I give my credit card details (laughs) for a, you know, $6.50 bus fare or whatever it was. And then (laughs) I get off and I I said to the guy, it's all sorted. And he said, yep, great. I said, I'm really sorry about that. I just, I live in Sydney now and I'm just not used to using money. And he said to me, well, you're in the real world now. Oh, and it was really nice. <laughs> yeah. But do you remember in when Limo had it said to him in Mildura? Yeah, it was because he was telling travel stories, yeah. and the guy came up to him and said, "You mate, you might have been to fucking London, you might have been to fucking New York, but you're in the real world now." Oh, mate. And it was really nasty. Yeah, it's like so. Wind your head in. Yeah, so yeah, wind you, your head in. You make yeah. you making me feel like a prick in front of my yeah. mates. It's like, well, no, I'm here to entertain you. You know, yeah, I'm just telling jokes. I'm just here to tell jokes and people, yeah, people getting upset. It's that one as well. It's like, um, and the only country in the world where people will go, well, you get it in certain pockets of, of the UK, but that's more banter. Yeah. But here, I've found there's certain times where you're confronted by a certain, well, it be an alpha male or whoever's feeling threatened or, yeah. you know, um, doesn't even have to be a male. Someone feels confronted. Oh, yeah. And uh, all of a sudden they're not. Uh, the funniest person in the room because that's the other thing. Aussies go, no, mate, I'm, I can be as funny as that guy. Yeah. And you know what? Some people, a lot of people can. Well, but do- can you turn it on? Yes. For a living. can You can be funny as me for maybe 20 minutes max in front of your mates and I'm being kind and that's when you're crushing it at Christmas time but can you can you go and do 10 minutes after you've found out when, you, you know, one of your family members is, you know, terminal? Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah, it, there's there's a massive difference. It, uh, people always think I'm pulling the piss when I say everybody's funny to somebody. Mm-hmm. How many times have you met someone and they say, oh, you've got to meet my husband, he is a riot. And then you meet the <laughs> husband and you think, he is Ooh. tedious. Yeah. Like he is really boring, but he makes her laugh mm-hmm. and that's all that counts, yep. you know. And the difference between a comedian and a punter is a comedian, as you said, knows how to turn it on, knows how to yep. put those things like we have – you know, us and millions of comedians have performed and done the funniest gigs at the worst moments of our lives. Yep. At the, at, at the most down moments mm-hmm. in our lives, you know, and that's that's part of the skill. Look, when Nan had her second heart attack, I thought, you fucking beauty, this is going to be a ripper. Yep. You know? <laughs> Brace yourselves, Bunbury. Here comes a yep. lad that might lose his Nan. I'm going to uh, put on an extra show. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to ride this. I'm feeling some heat. Yeah, this is going to be good. <laughs> Mildura is such a funny destination for me because mm. I've had so many kind of fascinating and great and hilarious experiences. It's amazing to have a town that <laughs> you, you have this real affection for that I've probably been to like probably all up a, a dozen times. Yep. From, you know, you would have heard me tell the story on stage when mm. I was in playing uh, basketball for the Woodville Warriors. Yeah. And uh, we were, I think we were under 16s and we went to the Irimple basketball no, tournament. I and uh, my, my teammate, uh, I do a Gonzo, good shed in Irimple. 
Sorry. They do a good basketball shed in Irene They certainly do. Uh-huh. And uh, my mate Gonzo brought pot. And we, b- between <laughs> oh. like seven of us, we all shared one joint and went crazy oh. and had, had the best night ever. Like to the extent that we were all sitting in Hugh Roberts' caravan and he put on ACDC and, and Gonzo was in charge of the light. And you'd hear TNT and Gonzo would turn on the light and go, Oi, Oi. Oh, oh I turn on lights, do you, NT? So I had that experience Peak there. teenage. Oh, yeah. it was so funny. You've got like, a high bar going back to Mildura as a comedian after that. Well, then, you know, you get the, you're in the real world now. I'll, I'll tell you something. This is the other side of, this is actually a, a darkish story, but it's actually a, a great result for mm. when you go, like what I'm about to tell you is awful, but someone saved our asses, which was, do you remember when Gleeson was finishing off his sets with James Blunt's You're Beautiful? Yeah, yeah. And uh, for anyone who didn't know, he used to talk about how how much he thought, this fucking song, this guy is... He's a pest. He's a pest. Like, he's, I'm sitting here with my girlfriend and he's singing. <laughs> and so Tom would get someone out of the audience and have her sit next to him and then the song would play and he'd be responding to James Blunt. Yeah, no, nah, it's my girlfriend. Yeah, no, nah, I'm with her. Mate, what are you doing? Hey, are you talking to this guy? And it was a really, it was a closer. It just builds, didn't it? And it killed. Mm. It killed. And uh, we, I'd seen him do it in Sydney. I'd seen him do it in Adelaide and Melbourne. Then yep. we were on the road. And we, it was killing everywhere. And so we get to Mildura. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! I've, if if, like, who knows what this techie's name is? I, I wouldn't even recognise him if I saw him. But if he came up to me and he said I was that guy, I would just. Lord him, I would take him out to dinner. Yeah. Like, you cannot believe how good this man is. <laughs> but uh, Gleason, you know, you do a tech run and uh, yep. doing the tech, and he says, Oh, yeah, no, we like the music to be about here and that. And then uh, the guy just stops the music and he walks, you know, the tech's usually up the back of the room and he walks down and uh, he calls Gleason over. Doesn't say it out loud. Yeah. Doesn't make a big deal of it. Just calls Gleason over. And I was. Because I was emceeing, I was close. You know, I was waiting to go back up. And I heard everything he said. And the guy just said, um, hey, I just need to let you know there was a car crash here a few weeks ago. Right. And uh, four teenagers uh, were died in that accident. And at the funeral, they played that song. And if you play that song, I don't think it'll go very well. Oh. And Tom said, thank you very much. And he did not do that that night. <laughs> and we'll never know. Oh, oh thank, my God. Thank that guy. Like, But seriously, like, could you imagine, like, holy shit. Like, he could have, <laughs> he could have not been thinking. Like, so not in the nasty way, but he could have not been thinking and just, oh, yeah, no, the levels are great and not really yep. clocking. He might not have mm-hmm. gone to the funeral. Yeah. And not been across it. Or... He might have been an arsehole and thought, I don't like this guy. I'm going to yeah, let him no, hang. Big, yeah, fancy pants from Sydney. Let's see how he goes in the real world. So th- th- then, you know, and then that night, you know, it was kind of a bit of like, because Gleason killed, of course. He just had a different closer. And we were just sort of sitting around like going, yeah. that gig could have been something else. And that, that something else could have been really bad. At the very end of the show too. At the very end of the show. Because you know what it makes me think of? Will told me this story about, and, and Ross Noble's told me the story as well, about uh, he went and he was on Roadshow back in 99 or something mm-hmm. and uh, they went up to Queensland. I think they were, I think it was Rockhampton. And, he, you know, it's mm. Ross, you know, oh, I'm, a, I'm a dragon, yeah. you know, blah, blah, Ooh. blah. Proboscis. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Oh, look, I'm holding a zucchini, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> Ross is great. Like it's just funny to say that's what he does. But he's he's so funny, right? And a great guy. Yeah. And but anyway, he's killing, and then he does a thing about hiding in a cupboard. And it was that story about oh. remember when that girl went missing and <laughs> yeah. she'd been hiding in a cupboard for like two years there, and but nobody knew. Nobody knew the girl was from there. He did not know that story. Oh. And they're all like the crowd just turned on him. And then even when they did the bows at the end of the night, no one would clap when Ross came out and Will was saying we just didn't know we didn't know what was going on we could we could not work it out because he killed everywhere yeah and then suddenly and then someone came up afterwards and explained it wow yeah because it's and it's a community too it's It's a community yeah wow that um I so anyway so Mildura is a place that I have (laughs) a very I have very fond feelings for and I have had uh, a plethora of experiences there that place yeah and there's an underbelly to it as well yeah yeah, so I'm glad I was a. Uh, I'm glad I went there at the start of my career with you guys because if I if I come back after I lived in London for a bit on the on the hunt for some activity in Mildura, I could yeah. I probably would end up in an irrigation ditch. Mate, you were were you there when I was still in the Bunsa Boys, and we were performing, and uh, this is like '98. Yeah. Go down with fellow comedian and improviser Joe Coventry (laughs) and uh, Limo was there and, you know, we're doing our gig and whatever I was doing, we were mucking – it was in a little resort. Yeah, I remember. In the the corner. And once again, this was Mildura and in the middle of performing, I saw someone walking outside so I went up and slapped the window to get their attention and the window shattered. (laughs) That's right. That, I was at that gig. <laughs> like the whole, like I like, just, I just somehow managed to find <laughs> the one weak spot in it, and the whole thing. And when I say the window, it was ceiling to floor yeah. rectangular yep. on the side window, and it shattered. And for a brief moment, I thought it might be funny to jump through <laughs> with all these little jagged bits sticking up. So and we which, never saw him again. We never saw him again. <laughs> anyway, that was a funky. But that's what I mean. Mildura <sighs> is. Just that place where all these crazy things happen, and, I was, and I'll always love it because Mate. of that. <laughs> Do that, yeah, and equal distance from Melbourne uh, to Adelaide, so it's like you, you go back and keep that secret in Melbourne, and we won't talk of this in Adelaide. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, those rural gigs, especially when they you're in their space. Yes. So you know, and, and you don't know any of the backstory and whatnot. Um, they they even know who you're talking to without being. Without seeing, and this happened. I did the the infamous, and I was certain, mate. I really was, you know. And I'm a, I was a new father, and you know, I, I made the poor judgment of asking this lady how far along she was. Right. Um, and I was certain. This is after I've 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 considered it three times in my set, and it's at the twenty minute mark, going really well. Yeah. And I've asked her, and you feel the whole room go. <gasps> Yeah, he's asked because it's like, who is it? It's in the front row. Oh, it must be yeah. so and so. You just hear the whole room go, <gasps> and then up the back of the room, uh, there's <laughs> Rod Gregory, the old fella who was on tour with, and you just hear him go, ah, 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 deal with that, you little bastard. Because we were, oh, no. we were having it was the funniest thing happened on all two. Yeah, yeah, it was that camaraderie because yeah. we were. We were going against each other at uh, lawn bowls and yeah. golf, yeah. and it was really it was a playfully competitive tour. Yeah, and I was making it really hard for him. It was his tour, but I was opening for him. Right, and I'm like, I love it. I love going out to the regional areas and playing clean because yeah. it was me trying to see if I could develop a clean hour, which yeah. uh, I got there. 
But yeah, so uh, and, and you'd know, madam, how far along are you? And yeah. the you see the 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 partner just you know doing the motioning across his mouth, going no 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 no. I'm like oh. And what happened? Uh, I just paved over it. I've gone. Just oh, kept you, talking. Yeah, the, the yeah. laughs are from up the back, and I've gone. I am so sorry. And he's just like, just keep going. Yeah, keep going. And it was like, yeah, just don't bring it up. There's yeah. just certain things you should. <laughs> you, you, you just, just can't it. say. Yeah, even yeah. if you are certain, it's not worth. It. Unless that's the best bit you, you've ever written, or you can turn out uh, the horror into you know a surprise trick. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Oh, there's just certain things you just don't need to. Bring but if up. I could bottle those neurochemicals that entered my mind moments after and just sell it, yeah, that would be like, there you go. Here's uh, here's some cortisol and yeah. some norepinephrine. There yeah. you go. <laughs> this will. You don't listen to drum and bass if put, you're taking this. Put it in a bottle. <laughs> uh, I was lucky in my in my teens. I had a good mate, and he's a delightful guy, <sighs> and his name is Guy. Great. Great dude. Good day, Guy. I, I had a lot of uh, affection for Guy. And he um, he was the classic person who would <sighs> ask the wrong questions. And I, <laughs> I felt like I learned a lot of lessons mm. from him. Because it was always like that, you know, you'd be hanging out and, you know. Clang. There's, uh, uh, you know, those, uh, what are they, are they called? What are those dresses that have the high hemline that were in in the like early 90s. I think they were kind of 60s dresses and they came back in the 90s. Yeah, right. It has a high, high hemline and then it just kind of hangs down. And I remember... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I remember yep. uh, <laughs> I remember him asking this girl, oh, when are you due? And, oh. and then everything turning pear-shaped from that moment. <laughs> and he was just always that person. We've got to go. Oh, he was really good lessons for me because I would just think, don't <laughs> ask that, don't ask... You know, uh, you know, oh... You know, someone with a, a slight tan. Uh, oh, yeah, so where are you from? Australia. Yep, you know, <laughs> always never malicious. Yeah. Just always asking the wrong questions. So that, that I've seen much similar from, you know, and he's a young man, you know, yeah. exploring his way. Yeah. Getting back to being on tour with the old fella, yeah. this is a guy that's made his money twice, like yeah. as a successful um, farmer yep. and a successful winemaker, and yep. then he turns his yarn spinning into great old-fashioned joke-telling he's yep. on tour. Right. He's, he knows who he is. Yep. So, but he's got to that Jedi level where he can go up to someone and they can read his intent because he's an old man. Everyone can associate with an old man through whatever yep. kind of connection in their own life. And I remember we we're out in the same town. <laughs> he's seen this guy and, you know, he had calipers on. He had the crutches. Yeah. You know, he wasn't, you know, his spine was a question mark. He, you know, he wasn't rigid. Yeah. And the old fella just walked up to him. <laughs> And he's gone, so uh, what's going on here then? Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, just open-minded, yeah. not malicious, and the bloke was probably relieved to be asked yeah. and not judged and yeah. being able to tell his story. Yeah. And it just shocked me to go, oh, you can ask, and it's all about intent. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you've got to give people credit. Mm. Like, people people know what's going on, and it's, it's, right. it's worse when you're dancing around it. Yeah. Know. Either either don't bring it up at all or just ask. It's like, fuck, mate, we're at 500 metres above sea level. How did you get here? Yeah. <laughs> well done. Yeah, it's impressive. You know? Yeah. It's like, did you come up the single track? You're a madman. Yeah. So we're going to be uh, dropping this podcast uh, just before we do the live show. Oh, yeah. At the 
uh, Rhino Room, which will be on the 16th of September. It's a big lineup. It's a big Squid live podcast. It's be huge. And it, it's a big lineup. And the topics that we're talking about, uh, or the, the theme is all the guests are going to talk about stuff that influenced them right. or inspired them yep. as kids. And I don't want to step on what you're going to talk about because I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. But the reason I thought I'd bring it up is I feel like you were an early adopter of Adam Sandler. Right. I felt like you were a lover of Adam Sandler really like early on. Is that is that correct? Like, you know, when some people would see Billy Madison and they'd, they'd either love it or hate it, mm-hmm. and you were definitely a lover. Yeah, he was um, – to, to then – just to fast forward, to then see him kind of um, pull himself apart in Funny People. Yes. The, the Apatow film, yeah. right? It's like, wow, you – the guy has range. He has – he – he is brilliant, and then to see most recently his serious turns. Oh, in Hustle! And wow, uncut gems, uncut gems. Wow, that the stress. I watched. I've watched it three times. I've watched it, shocked straight out of the box, not knowing what I'm watching because I'm an Adam Sandler film right. fan. Yeah, and secondly, I thought, all right, you are an Adam Sandler film, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I hope I get my dad's money soon. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, but then I got quite stoned, watched it again. And oh, it that just seems. builds and builds, and I was I was emotionally involved, and it right. was I was getting that kind of guttural kind of oh, yeah. so tense, yeah. And for something I'm, you know, we stuff just rolls off our back these days because we're just bombarded with you know news and happenings and whatnot. Yeah. But to be gripped by something and and feel, yeah. Yeah, have something pull feelings out of you. That that was like wow, and much better than you know. I just feel like that's a terrible mistake to watch uncut gems in that state. Like, <laughs> well, it's mental training, isn't it? It's like yeah. okay, well that's what I do. If I if I want to, people train their bodies. Yeah, people train you know their cardiovascular system. You know, their, their, if you want to do strength based stuff, you can do that. Yeah, not enough people train in the mind. So yeah, I'll, that's where you're at. I dro- I drop a mushy <laughs> cap and go and get a. Pair of fitted jeans, <laughs> and see if you can hold on for dear life. Some these idiots that are taking uh, <laughs> taking psychedelics and going nightclubbing. Go shopping. Go shopping. Go shopping and see if you can hold on. Look at the different aisles and the different colours in your local supermarket and go, "What the fuck is this?" Go and buy someone a knife. Oh, oh, mate, happy twenty seventh. Yeah, that was that was one of the greatest days ever. Absolutely stoned. Do, we, but, but, just so yeah. uh, I'm just going to tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, should, should I tell them anyway? Yeah, tell them. Let's um, <laughs> let's finish on this. But right. I for my um, <laughs> for my 27th birthday. So I used to say I'm pretty angry. What a great catchphrase! Like and a throwaway at the end of everything. Like you would have had a greatest day in your life. You'd be like, oh, what a great day! I'm, I'm still pretty angry. Yeah, it was just. It was always just a. It was a good footnote. Just a good footnote to downplay any situation. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a great meal! I'm pretty angry. Anyway, <laughs> so it was just an ongoing in joke for like a small group of us. Yeah, and then for my 27th birthday, you gave me as a birthday present. Was it you and? Me, Fred, and Kerr. Yeah, yeah. Went and bought me a knife that a big sharp knife that you engraved. I'm pretty angry on it in cursive. It was happy, very happy birthday, Jared. Happy birthday, Jared. Because <laughs> you always get my name wrong. Happy birthday, Jared. I'm pretty angry. And it was it was great. Very was funny, like, but thought... it's the story that leads up to it. <laughs> I was that baked. I couldn't finish a a, a whopper. 
Yeah. I was eating, we're in Hungry Jack, so I get the idea. I think maybe the idea was tastier than the burger. How old were you? Oh, it would have been 19. Yeah. And I thought, okay, where can we get a knife on a Sunday afternoon? Yeah. Because it's, Great it's question. Birthday. I said, I know. My uncle used to own a fishing tackle shop around the corner. Yeah. So let's go there. So we get there and we're like, it's like we're that stone. It's like we're in a bubble. Yeah. Like we're like, we can deal with the three of us and what's happening on here, but anything else we have to, oh. So we travel into the shop and, of course, we go through the the sonic beeping of the security. Beep. We yeah. walk in, the two old guys talking about the weather, look over their shoulders, go, hey, mate. So we walk up there, you can smell the aniseed in there. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember this shop. And then I, I go to where the knives, are, the bait knives are still where they always were, and I'm fossing it through them. I'm wearing skate. I don't look like a fisherman. I'm yeah. wearing skate shoes and yeah. in cargo pants, very 90s. Yeah. And I walk up there with this bait knife. Oh, it's, you know, what is it? Maybe eight inches. Yeah. D- decent. And the guy goes... Okay, he rings it up and then he goes at the end, Are you gonna do any you're not gonna do anything stupid with this knife, are you, mate? And I I take a deep breath and I go, Well, I I might. But if you give the police anything other than a medium build in the description, I'm coming back for you. <laughs> and then then I ran out of the st- <laughs> then I ran out of the store going <laughs> I can't wait to tell Ammo this. And this isn't even the good bit. No, I run up Jenny Row going, the best bit's going to be getting it engraved because that's going to be the punchline. I run into the engravers. I give this guy the knife. I go, can I please have? I'm pretty angry on it. And the guy goes, yep, okay, that'll be $9.50. And he and didn't he, even blink. Yeah, he didn't, didn't blink twice. You know, yeah. He had tattoos on his fingers. You know, yeah. he was he was hardened. Yeah. But it was like that night, though, You when you open that present, and put on a show for us. Yeah. That was the best night ever. <laughs> Mate. That was, that was like my eye rimple birthday. <laughs> that was like my eye rimple basketball <laughs> carnival. Just watching you with your present flailing this oh blade around. That was the best night ever. Oh, my Lord. It really... The way I was playing with that knife, it's a, it's a, it's a real pleasure to still be here. Oh, mate. And have all of our limbs and faculties intact. See, we were the true heroes. None of us had glasses. Right. You know, you, yeah. you at least had one line of defence. <laughs> we were leaning in going, oh, that's, that's trust. <laughs> he, surely he wouldn't cut us on his own birthday. Not deliberately. <laughs> uh, Mickey, uh, where can everyone uh, find you on the socials? Yeah, get on Instagram and find me at Adventure Mick. Yep. Yeah, because I, I post, I should post just one flavour of stuff, but if you follow me, I'm going to give you some fitness advice, some yep. random gonzo shit, and some yep. good pictures here and there. And I like my my Insta stories are just random stuff that if, you, if you're sitting there on the train, you can look at that and go, well, well that's... That's a mental sorbet there. That's a, <laughs> that's cleansed my mind. Whatever was going on there, there's a sharp jolt back to oh, reset. Yeah. Is there? Uh, do you have enough space in your schedule to take on any more people as a personal trainer in Adelaide? I'm pretty. I'm pretty chockers as far as it goes with training folk. But if anyone wants a, a marathon training program or anyone wants to work towards something remotely, I can I can work off your apps and get your data from there and help you reach your first marathon, ultra marathon, or even if you want to do a 10k race, I'm I'm your guy. And you know we can we can work in cash, Bitcoin, uh, pharmaceuticals. You know I'll give you a postal address. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Am I canvassing? Yeah. No. 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 It's good. And if anyone wants a knife, <laughs> I'm your guy. Here we go. All right. Thanks, mate.
Thank you to Mickey D for hanging out with me today. Keep an eye out for him when he's performing live. He's a lot of fun and he is in fantastic form. I'll be back on Thursday with a brand new Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted. I've written and recorded a new story for you. This one is called Living in the Shadow of Your Song and it has been beautifully produced by Sean Allen. I'll put the written story up on my website, bigsquidpod.com, on Wednesday so you can either read it first or you can wait until the podcast comes out on the Thursday and then go back and read it once you've heard it. It's no right or wrong way to do it, but I thought I'd just give you the option. I'm really proud of this one. I can't wait for you to hear it. Next week, we have some more Chitter Chatter with Bryden Coverdale and Annie Lidner returns to talk a little bit, uh, I guess, in more minutiae about her series of Beginner's Guide to Grief. Uh, we talked around some of the storyline the first time because I didn't want to give too much away and it was only a, a short uh, series so it was hard to kind of latch on to too much without you know suggesting where the storyline might go you guys are smart you know how stories work so I was trying to be extra careful so I didn't ruin anything for you but uh, now that the series is out and a lot of you have seen it and a lot of you have loved it as well we're going to really dig into the finale and uh, look it's a it's a really good chat like we're going to really, really dig into it and uh, the, the real life occurrences and emotions that influence the creation of Annie's show. It's, it's quite a deep chat. I don't mean deep as in, uh, you know, hey, let's talk about our feelings. But actually we do. We talk about our feelings and we talk about uh, what it's like to deal with grief and depression and where that can take you. So that is coming up next week. And uh, I'd love it if you could uh, tune into that. It's, uh, it's really quite beautiful. Don't forget, if you're in Melbourne on the 26th of November at Comedy Republic, I will be there. Uh, so you can use the promo code to save some coin. That promo code is podcast. I uh, hear there's an election on that day. God damn it. God damn it. You don't do a show in Melbourne for three years and they put on an election the day that you're there. Boo. Anyway, like, it'll be heaps more fun at my show. <laughs> so come along. All right. Uh, also, if you'd like to support the work here, a top review at Apple Podcasts is definitely appreciated. All right. Let's finish today with a quote from Mel Brooks. Humor is just another defense against the universe. What a short, sweet, and perfect quote. I hope you're well. Until then. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.